Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. The scripture for today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. He looked up and saw rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. He also saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. He said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. This is the word of the Lord. Our preaching text this uh, morning is from the Old Testament, from our lectionary. Uh, For this week, it is Isaiah 65, verses 17 through 25. Listen now for the word of the Lord. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth. The one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children in calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food, shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. I grew up on a, in a suburban neighborhood outside of Cleveland, and uh, 
There was woods behind my house, and there were woods behind my friends' houses. And this is where we played uh, pretty much spring, summer, and into fall. This is where we, we spent most of our time before video games. And each house had something different. If you went to Chris Kimes' house on the back of the development, there was an old burned-out farmhouse, and that was fun to explore. If you were over on this street behind Doug's house, they, I don't know about the neighbors on the other side, the neighborhood behind, they apparently had more time and money because they built an entire dirt bike track for us and they built a fort for us to enjoy. Behind Steve's house, though, was my favorite place. That was where the creek was. And we called it a creek. I don't know why. But I loved it. I loved water, and I loved jumping over it. I loved getting muddy, and that consequently led to a lot of getting in trouble. But I still loved it. But if you wanted to climb a tree, you came to my house. Because behind my house, I don't know why, there was this one tree that was climbable. Now, I'm not a height guy, so I didn't do as much damage, but people I know went way up in that tree. This summer, we took our high schoolers into Illinois, and we went to Shawnee National Forest, and we went on a hike, and we went up this long pathway, uh, and the ground got rockier and rockier, and the trees were old growth, and they towered above us. And then we came out, and the ground just fell away hundreds of feet below, and we could stand on these majestic rocks and look out over, like, primeval creation. There was forest as far as the eye could see long below. We took pictures of our teenagers standing there together, hugging or uh, just being together with these trees behind and these trees below. And those pictures just remind us of an amazing world. Because those teenagers looked like they were standing on the edge of the world. In Genesis chapter 2, listen to what it says about trees and water. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life, also in the midst of garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes four branches. Our Bible imagery of the Old Testament and the New lifts up these images of water flowing out of gardens, of trees that blossom into life. Trees that blossom in the hearts of believers. Trees that show that there is life. We spend a lot of time, and rightly so, on the knowledge of good and evil tree. But today it's about the tree of life. The tree that brings hope. That brings peace. That brings love. Jeremiah tells us in, about the tree again in chapter 17. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green in the year of drought. It is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. Can you picture such trees in the world in which you live? Let's take a moment and picture such a tree. Is there a tree in your neighborhood or trees? Maybe you live on one of the many nature's parks of Ann Arbor or in Dexter. 
Can you picture a tree? Maybe your favorite tree is in the arb. And can you picture that place of woods when you walk there and that moment of peace you feel? Maybe your favorite trees or woods are in your childhood home. But there is a place where you can go in your head or in your neighborhood. There's a tree in a place where we walk, and we're walking our dog, and Georgetown comes up. This is on the north side. Georgetown comes up, and it tees into another street. And there is this beautiful tree, and I just, I imagine the children of that neighborhood climbing all over that tree. So picture such a tree, this woods And when you go there, you know that there is peace in the world. Now, the woods in the Bible are reminded a lot of something called the wilderness. We talk about the wilderness a lot in the Old Testament. And in the wilderness, we don't rely on our kings. And we don't rely on our presidents. We don't rely on government. We don't rely on things of the world. Because when we live in the woods, when we live in the wilderness, we rely on God. For when we walk in the wilderness, we are afraid and we are anxious and we are worried. But we know that even though we cannot see what is beyond the next corner, we know that God can see what is beyond the next corner. And we know that God is with us. In a few weeks, we will have this passage out of Isaiah. A voice cries out, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a path for our God. When you are in the wilderness, God sees what is beyond. God knows what is beyond. Now, when I came to uh, this church in 2008, I was given an office, and I had a great view. I couldn't see anything out my window. My window, it was August, and my window was full of leaves. There was a majestic tree in your memorial garden. I hope you have remember this tree out there. I was on the second floor, and this tree went above me. This tree started below me, and it was filled with leaves, and I saw a tree. And I looked for squirrels, because that's what I do. And that tree was magnificent, and it grew out of our memorial garden. And that is a place of sorrow, but it is also a place, place of love. And there are benches in our memorial garden, and I sit in them now and then, and I'm sure you do too, to remember the loved ones who are buried, their ashes there. But also to remember the goodness of those people, to remember the love and the laughter and the stories. Maybe they taught you how to bake biscuits, or maybe they taught you how to catch a fish. And so you sit in that garden, and you remember the love, and you remember the joy of those people. But that tree was sick and dying, and uh, the leaves were less each year, and then finally property made a decision that was hard on most of us who loved that tree. And then one day as I sat in the office, this man and uh, a woman down below directing, this guy went all the way up in the tree, and he got out a chainsaw, and he started cutting off the branches. I have to admit, I got nearly nothing done that day. I just sat there watching him, and he was above me, and then he was waving at me, and slowly but slowly they took that tree down. And then when we came to church that day, there was a lot of, something's different, something's missing, something's changed. A few months later, the deacons and some memorial money was used, and they put in a new tree. And I hope you've seen it. It is not as big yet, but it is beautiful, particularly in spring. 
And so there's a new tree growing where the old was. And I am happy to be at a church that plants trees, that says there is new life in the midst of change. Both trees are beautiful. Both trees bring comfort. Still, the view out of my window, it is different. Wednesday morning, to mention the elephant in the room, we woke up to a different world. And everything feels different. My Facebook page and, uh, has just erupted. And uh, I want to tell you about a couple of people who have posted. One is one of my youth group kids. He's in his mid-20s, probably like 27 now. And he is very happy with the election. And he is posting about protection of his Second Amendment rights and that he can keep his guns and defend. And I am, as his youth pastor, a little bit worried. But then there's other posts by five other students from that same youth group who are also in their 20s, and they are worried about their lesbian and gay friends, and they are worried about their friends of other religions, and they are worried about their nation. And I realize that God is present in all. And then there was, and there, as they talk about it in their posts, they are wondering if we've taken a step forward and two steps back. And I know this other friend. And then there's a pastor, and this is the one that bothers me the most, a Presbyterian pastor, but not one of your churches, not one of us. But this post pastor has posted this um, picture that's filled with hate, and it talks about marches eight years ago trying to remind people. I think it has a point, but to me, it all it does is lift up hate. And it makes me sad. Yesterday, I went to a funeral for a 15-year-old high schooler from Huron High School over at Concordia in their chapel, and the place was completely filled. And during the message, the pastor said to all of us, this world is broken, and I nodded, and I nodded. This world is broken. So we come and we turn to our Bible, and in Isaiah, we come to the what's called salvation oracles, judgment oracles of Isaiah 55 through 66. Now, our biblical scholars, they don't know who wrote it. They don't even think the same person wrote these. But they're put at the end. The experts call them tritero Isaiah or third Isaiah. And what these oracles say is that they speak to people in a time of unrest. They can date them. The scholars know roughly where they are, and they know they speak to people who are feeling unrest. And these oracles speak hope, and they speak peace to those who are listening. And I wonder, are we listening? Scripture says God speaks into our time before we know what to cry. God speaks before we know what to say. God says in our reading, before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. 
God is speaking into this time. Before we even know what to say, God hears. Before we even know what to think, God knows. God knows how we are. God declares that there is peace and there is hope. God declares, for I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creation, creating. Friends, our nation may be divided. Your friends may be divided. The people you know may be divided. But I think I am speaking the truth that this church will not be divided. That this church is not divided. That we will stand for hope and we will stand for peace. We're probably not going to agree. We've yet to agree on anything in my eight years here. <laughs> but we do agree on the essentials. We agree on God. We agree on hope. We agree on peace. And we agree that God is not done. For every tree that is cut down, this congregation will plant another one of hope and peace. For every tree that is trimmed in a new way, we will plant new trees. We will be, they will be trees of hope, trees of peace, trees of love. We will stand united in peace and love for everyone. For everyone, we will love. I want to talk about one more tree, and then I'll let you go to continue for baptism. Uh, it was my sophomore year in high school. I was 15 or 16. I went on a youth retreat with my small church, and about five of us were off on a walk. And it was one of those April days, that first weekend in April, where and I know we worry about weather and winter here in Michigan, but from Cleveland, y'all have it good. The weather in Cleveland where I lived the, the, would pick up all this moisture all the way around Lake Erie, and then it would drop it on my house. <laughs> and it would be gray for like from January 10th all the way to April. There would, be not a there would be clouds everywhere. There's a reason Cleveland's ugly, and it would all be over it. So there we were in April, and it was sunny, and it was a beautiful, balmy 58, 60. And we were out walking, and we came across this pond, and we're walking around the pond, and there was this tree. And it was big, and it was beautiful, and it had a long rope hanging from it. And my friend Jimmy Kim says, we should swing on that rope. So I, being a little more timid, asked the youth leader, is it okay if we swung and dropped into that pond. Our youth leader said, sure, why not? His wife said, hey boys, it might be a little cold. So we ignored her. <laughs> we stripped down to our jeans. Jimmy Kim grabbed it, he swung, ran, he swung, he plunged, he disappeared into the water. He popped up, he swam in, he got out, and you can't see it, it's a visual, but he did the hulk. <laughs> he didn't say a word about the temperature. <laughs> I took the rope. Spring was here. Hope was here. 
I'm going to be like my dad. I had pictures of my dad swinging up in a Nekamon Lake Portage Lake, a swing that's long gone. My dad did this, never had the chance. I ran, I swang, swung, swung out. I let go. I think there was ice. I popped up, unbelievably cold. I swam the fastest 20 yards of my high school swimming career. I did not tell anyone how cold. My other friend swanks, did the swing. Two other friends came to their senses. But we all jumped around hugging as teenage boys don't do enough, laughing, filled with love for each other as we stood below that tree. I think to myself, now, what was I thinking then? What was the world thinking? But then we were together as good friends, together in love, hugging in the arms of God. Do we trust in God who answers before we call? Will we put our trust in God? Will we say yes? Will we be people who plant trees of hope, trees of peace, trees of love? Will we be a church that brings love? into this world. For God has answered before we call. For God hears before we speak. For God's love is great. For God's love is here. Let us stand if we are able and profess our faith in this God with the Apostles' Creed. And whether we stand or whether we sit, let us read slowly and with joy that our God is here. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge quick in the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Friends, let us unite our hearts and minds in prayer. God of all, we come before you in humility, recognizing you as our strength and our redeemer, our rock and our steadfast hope, our example and our encourager. You created this world and called it good. From the beginning, we have wanted to equate ourselves with you and been stubborn in our disobedience of your commands. Your patience with us is beyond understanding. Again and again, you have spoken to us, brought good from difficult circumstances, and sustained us. You alone are utterly trustworthy and sure. Strengthen our faith in you, loving God, and our resolve to live after the example of Jesus Christ, demonstrating love for all, welcoming the stranger, reaching out to the marginalized, and naming all people as your unique creation worthy of honor. We thank you for the blessing of this child who was just welcomed by baptism into this family of faith, 
into your body, engrafted into your love, which never ends, and entrusted to our care as a congregation. Help us be worthy of this responsibility and steadfast in our modeling of your grace. Almighty God, you alone are sovereign. As we plan for the transfer of power in this nation to those who were elected Tuesday, be with us all. Grant wisdom, humility, and compassion to those who will rule. Give them sensitivity to the needs and circumstances of all those they will promise to serve. Help them consider the ramifications of their actions and work for the peace and well-being of all. Guide those who will accept the responsibility to serve as advisors, aides, and all others in positions of authority. Help as a nation learn to listen to one another, respect one another, and value each person's perspectives and needs. Help us teach our children the value of civility, the dignity of humankind, and the abundance of your love for all the world. On this Veterans Day weekend, we thank you for the thousands of men and women who have fought and died for our freedoms, for the discipline they practiced, and for the sacrifices made by them and their families. May their valor always be held in high esteem by us all. Gracious God, make us selfless as your son Jesus was selfless. Help us seek to serve rather than to be served, to give rather than to receive, and to work for peace. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.